Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Hey, that's wonderful. Let's pray together for the Lord to come in and do something rich and real in our hearts this morning. And yes, change me. Change me now. That's what we all need. We need a fresh touch from Almighty God. Isn't that right? Let's pray. Father in heaven, we love you this morning. And we love you because you first loved us. But after experiencing your great love, God, we just want to say today we love you. We appreciate all you do for us. And as our sister just sang so beautifully, we ask you to come in now. We need you to change us. Oh, God, help us to be what you want us to be. And may we be like the Lord Jesus Christ. Crown this service now with your presence and with your power. For we pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Morning, church. Sure good to see you today. We invite you to join me in the book of Exodus this morning. Exodus is the second book in the Bible. I'd like for you to join me there. Chapter number two. I'm sorry, chapter number three. Exodus chapter number three. And uh, we're going to read, I think we're going to read a, a familiar passage of Scripture. You, you've read this before, or at least you've heard, uh, you've heard this story before, um, how Moses is, uh, is kind of caught off guard and, uh, and, and, and sees a, a bush that's burning and yet not consumed. You've read that story before, right? How many have read that before? Go ahead and wave at me. Wonderful. It's a great story, isn't it? It's great truth. You know, every great story in the Bible contains a great truth from the Bible. And those great truths will impact your life. And if you'll let it, they'll change your life. And, and I want to give you up front, because I don't want you to be guessing uh, throughout the message. I'm going to give you right up front the moral of this story. Are you ready for it? Say, I'm ready, preacher. No, you're not ready. Say, I'm really ready for it, preacher. All right, before I give it to you, let me ask you this. What are you going to do with it? <laughs> Amen. I just want to make sure you're with me this morning. Amen. Look at this. Look at the screen. I want you to get the moral of the story. Look at it. Look what he says. Look, look what it says. God has a way of getting our attention when he wants to get our attention. Just go ahead and say that with me. God has a way of getting our attention when he wants to get our attention. Has God ever... Has God ever tried to get your attention? Huh? Isn't, isn't it interesting what he'll use to get your attention? Huh? Ha, ha, have you ever, ever kind of uh, taken, uh, taken notice to what sometimes, he use, sometimes he'll use just ordinary things? Isn't that right? I had just ordinary things, things from uh, our life, common things. But you know, when God touches something that is common, it becomes uncommon. When God touches something that is ordinary, it becomes unordinary. In fact, it may even become extraordinary. You know the difference between ordinary and extraordinary? 
It's that little extra. Oh, man, that was good. <laughs> Worked all week for that. That little extra. And, uh, and what you find here in this story, uh, and this is, this is a tremendous story with a great lesson, what you find is God is going to work to get the attention of this fellow named Moses. You know, Moses is a patriarch, great man of God. And in this story, uh, we'll see how God works to get his attention and then how he responds. Uh, let me give you something else because I don't want you to miss it. Pay attention to this statement. How Moses responds to God getting his attention makes all the difference. And I'll prove it to you this morning. You remember what Moses did? I'm not going to assume that you know the whole story. But you know God used this fellow Moses to lead his people Israel out of bitter bondage, right? They had been in bitter bondage for many years. And God said, I've I've heard their cry. Mm, I see their plight. I know what they're going through, and I'm going, to, I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to step in and do something about it. And guess what, he, uh, guess what he chooses to do? He chooses to use humankind to help humankind. Don't miss that. That's the way God works. God helps mankind with mankind. And so what he does is this. He's going to use this fellow Moses to go down into Egypt and lead the children of Israel out of bitter bondage. Are you with me? And, and everything is predicated. Everything uh, is determined. Everything is based upon how Moses responds to God trying to get his attention. Did you hear that? In fact, we can pray right now and go home and you probably got enough. And not only uh, did God use Moses that way, but when you read in and through the Bible, you'll find that's the way God uses every one of the people he uses. He tries to get our attention, and once he gets our attention, he gives us a working order, so to speak. He reveals to us his plan or his will, and then he empowers us, he enables us, Dave, with his grace, so that we might go out and make a difference in humankind. I want to submit this to you this morning. Uh, what Moses saw changed his life. And as a result of Moses having a change in his life, he was able to go out and do an extraordinary, an extraordinary thing under the power, under the hand of Almighty God. Isn't that wonderful? What a tremendous story. And it's all predicated upon this. God has a way of getting our attention when he wants to get our attention. Look at the story. Exodus chapter number 3 and verse 1. It says, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert. The Bible says it came, he, he came to the mountain of God, even Horeb, and, and when he gets there, the angel of the Lord appears unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. Now notice this. He looked... And behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And that's different. Huh? I mean, here's just, here's just a shrub. It's a bush, and the Bible tells us the angel of the Lord. Now, you know who the angel of the Lord is here in this text, right? It, it's God. It's the Lord. And, in fact, if we had time, I can prove to you, I can prove to you, it's the Lord Jesus Christ. Jehovah God. You know? And nonetheless, nonetheless, he sees this bush burning, and, uh, 
And look what happens here in verse number three. And Moses said, now here's, here's the truth. Highlight this, underline this, don't miss this. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight why the bush is not burnt. Trust me. My, my whole, everything I'm about to say is predicated upon this one truth. Everything is determined further on as we move forward upon the fact that Moses stopped to take a look. Did you get, did you get that? He stopped to take a look. Uh, he, he, here he is. He's out. Now pay attention right here. He's out in in his everyday life. Uh, we're told this, that when Moses ended up on the backside of that desert, he, of course, uh, he, he meets a woman, Zipporah. He marries her. Her father is Jethro. Jethro's got some sheep. Moses becomes a shepherd of a sheep, and he was very content. He is very content. And one day, as he was out just doing what he always did, he was tending to the sheep, he sees this bush burning. Uh, we could say this, uh, Dave, we could say, as he was on his way to work, and he, as he was on his way to work, something caught his attention. And to his credit, to his credit, he stops to take a look. Don't miss that. He stops to take a look, and as he does, look at the text again. I'm in verse number, I'm in verse number three. Uh, and as Moses, uh, he, says, he says to himself, I think I'm going to just stop and take a look. And when the Lord saw that, he turned aside to see what happens. Bible says God calls, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here am I. And he begins to give him some, some instruction. Look at verse number seven. And the Lord said, I've surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt, and I've heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters. He said, for I, I know their sorrows. Jump down to verse number 10. He said, come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest br bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Isn't that a tremendous story? Now, if we had time, we can go on and read the remainder of the story. And Moses actually goes, we'll see this in a moment, he actually goes to Egypt. And man, just some wonderful things take place. In fact, we got a chance to see it when we watched that movie, The Ten Commandments. Did you ever see that movie? Uh, my wife's favorite movie around Easter time. We have to watch it every year. It's kind of like it takes three days to watch it, you know. <laughs> it's a pretty long, pretty long movie. Uh, not, nonetheless, God uses Moses in a wonderful way. And, and, and here's, here's, here's what happens, you know. Just in the arena of life, every one of us, we have an arena of life. It's the life in which we live, right? We, we, we go to work. I'm looking at some young people here. They go to school. Uh, sometimes just in our community, you know, in our arena of life, in our life, every once in a while, God will place something to get our attention. Are, are you with me? Has it ever happened to you? Has something just, ever, just caught your attention? Sometimes, sometimes it'll catch our attention and we'll just keep going. Right? Where I was driving, I promise you this morning, I was driving out of my uh, subdivision there and came down to the road where I needed to make a left. I won't tell you what road because I don't want you coming by my subdivision. <laughs> I was getting ready to make a, a left-hand turn. And as I was making the turn, Dave, in my peripheral, I saw a person maybe 100 yards back. In my peripheral, I thought I saw him going like this. You know, and I made my turn and all of a sudden it dawned on me I better look in my rearview mirror. I, I, I didn't run him over. 
because he was already back behind me, you know? And as I, as I turned to take a look, I just saw, you know what he was doing? He was picking grapes off, off, a, off a vine. But I thought for sure, when I saw him in my peripheral, he's going like this. And as I turned to look back, he didn't need my help. But it, Raji, immediately it dawned on me, I'm preaching about that this morning. And I thought this, what if he would have needed my help? What if, by chance, he was trying to wave and, and tra- get... I was on a mission. I mean, I wasn't out for a Sunday morning ride. I had to get to church. I had to get to my office. I had to drink my coffee. I had to make sure Tyler was here. I had to pray for you to make sure you got here. I was on a mission. And I thought to myself, if he was tracking me down, would I have, are you listening real good? To the credit of Moses, as he's out in the arena of his own life, he sees this bush burning. He probably seen that bush, I mean, all the time, never caught his attention. But now that bush is on fire. It catches his attention. He could have just said, man, I got some sheep I got to tend to. That's interesting. Let's move on. But the Bible says he stopped to take a look. And as he stops to take the look, that's when God calls out to him. Did you you see that? Let me say it this way. God did not call out to Moses through that burning bush until Moses stopped to take the look. Uh, The angel of the Lord didn't say to Moses while in that burning bush, hey, hey, Moses, take a look at this. Isn't this interesting? This, This shrub's on fire and yet it's not consumed? No, the Bible says that the angel of the Lord did not call out to Moses until Moses stopped to take a look. And I thought about that. I thought about this. I thought about how that we, and sometimes in life, we, we, pay attention right here, we live life with our mind so wrapped up. Pay attention here. I mean, there's, there's so many things. Isn't, isn't it, life is complicated, right? And, and even for our seniors, I mean, some that are here this morning and, and you're retired, but now, you, now you're concerned about things you never thought you'd have to be concerned about. You know, is my Social Security going to be here for the remainder? Was my retirement going to last? Will my health hold up? And if it doesn't, what about my health care? Is it sufficient? I mean, we're consumed by things. And then younger families, we're going to be able to pay the mortgage this month. And is my company going to uh, close up because of COVID? And what? Help me here. I'm raising kids. Are they going to turn out right? My, my, My son's interested in this girl. I'm not crazy about her. My daughter's interested in this guy. I hate his guts. <laughs> Every time your daughter gets interested in a guy, if you're a pastor, if you're a pastor, if you're a father, you don't like him. Dads, look at first step. You don't like him. You may learn to like him, right, Bob? You may learn to like him, but at first you don't like him. Why? You're not supposed to like him. You're supposed to put him through the ringer, right? And then you learn to like him after that. So we're living life, and man, there's so many things that grabs for our attention. Are you paying attention right now? And if we're not careful, 
if we're not careful, we become oblivious to what's around us. We become oblivious to God trying to get our attention. And all God wants us to do, sometimes just stop and take a look. And when we do, it's amazing that sometimes what we see will change our life. That's what happened with Moses. What he saw changed his life. God calls out to him, and here's what he says. He says, Moses, Moses, and to Moses' credit, he didn't say, he didn't say, uh, I ain't got time for this. Huh? I got my day already planned out. I got to get to. To his credit, he said, here am I. And then God gives him instruction that changes his life because he's no longer going to remain as a shepherd on the back side of the desert. No, now he's going to go back to Egypt and become don't, don't fault me for this, become the savior of the Israelites. He's going he's to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. Huh? He doesn't find it to be an easy task, of course. He doesn't want to go, but he said, here am I. He did try to wiggle out of it, if you read the whole story, but God wouldn't let him off the hook. And I'm sure if we could speak to Moses now, he'd say, I'm glad he didn't let me off the hook. Because he not only changed my life, but he enabled me to change other people's lives. Amen? So here's, here's my thought this morning. God still has work to be done. He does. And guess what? Every once in a while, he wants to use you, he wants to use me, he wants to use us to get it done. Are you with me? So you say, preacher, uh, how can I, how can I uh, live in such a way so that, you know, I, I can just turn aside to take a look? That's the message this morning. What do I need to do to be like a Moses or be in a position to where I can hear the voice of God, to where I can maybe just stop and take a look? Let me give you three quick thoughts in the message this morning. The very first thing I would say this is, and I believe in order for us to turn aside, we need to have an open eye. An open eye. Now let me state the obvious. You can't see if your eyes are closed. That was big. Right? It was deep. I had to dig into the Greek in order to figure that one out. You can't see if your eyes are closed. Say amen right there. Moses was walking through life, and I'm glad to report that as he's walking through life, he had his, he had his eyes wide open. I mean, he was, tending, he was tending sheep. And you know something about sheep? Sheep have a tendency to wander. Isn't it interesting how the Lord considers us his sheep? <laughs> huh? We have a tendency to wander. And so Moses is walking through life. He's got his eyes wide open. And maybe not just his physical eyes, he's got his spiritual eyes wide open. Did you ever read over in Ephesians chapter number 5 where Paul speaks to the church about walking circumspectly? 
You know what that means? It means this. Walk with your eyes wide open. Know, know your surroundings. Understand your surroundings. My wife, when we, when we, when we lived in, uh, in, wherever we live, really, we lived in a few different places, but as she might go out sometimes during the evening, I always pray this prayer for her as she goes out. Lord, help her to be aware of her surroundings. As she comes out of the supermarket or where, wherever she may be, as she goes back to her car, may she not be so wrapped up in, you know, getting into the car and getting home or whatever it may be. Help her to pause just to know her surroundings. Well, we, we, we would pray that prayer. We would speak like that so that she would be protected. But maybe we need to pray that prayer and say, Lord, give me an open eye so that I might be able to see my surroundings and maybe the burning bushes that you're going to place in my life. God places burning bushes in our life, man. Are you with me? And sometimes we're just, we're just so wrapped up, our eyes are closed spiritually so that we can't see what God's trying to do. Say amen right there. You know, sometimes I think we're blinded by the trees so that we don't see the forest. <laughs> you know what that analogy, you know what that we, we throw that around all the time. Huh? You can't see the forest because of the trees. Sometimes we're blinded by the trees so that we can, and that simply means this. We get, so, we get so overwhelmed with the details that we don't see the big picture. Huh? And I think this, uh, if, we, if we find ourselves in life living that way, we're going to miss God-given opportunities. See, opportunities like what? Uh, maybe simple ones. Opportunities to show a little kindness. Isn't this a cold world in which we live? Isn't it? Let me, let me, let me challenge you. Look here, simple challenge for this week, church. Simple challenge. As you go out in the arena of life this week, Dave, I want you to do this. I'm going to give you a challenge. Wednesday night, I want you to report back to me. I'm teasing, but you can if you want. Look for ways to show kindness this week, and I want you to record the responses to it. It's just amazing. Huh. When, you just, when you just maybe recognize that, I've told you over the last couple of weeks, personal testimonies of me out in the arena of life. One time my wife and I were at a Spanish restaurant. Uh, every day, I'm at Wawa every day. If you're looking to have some fellowship, I'm at Wawa every day. I just won't tell you which one. And what time. I did see you one morning, didn't I? Huh. I saw Dave and I stayed in my car. <laughs> but just look for opportunities. Hold the door open for somebody. And it wouldn't be a bad idea every once in a while. Did you ever get behind somebody and they're trying to buy a cup of coffee and they can't find anything? And you say, hey, hey, I got this one. That's okay. I got this one. You'd be surprised. Donald, stop being so cheap. You'd be surprised how far that would go. Man, I'm telling you. To show a little kindness. I told you, I, uh, Charles, I had the lady at the counter. She was out for a couple of weeks. And I noticed it. And so I got back to her. She was an older woman. I got back. She got back in town, had my cup of coffee. And, and I said, hey, I've missed you. She looked at me like, you know I was gone? Yeah. You're my favorite cashier at Wawa. And ever since then, now when I go in, she says hi to me rather than me having to instigate. The, why? Because I took the time to notice something. Tyler, maybe this week we can just mark it down. I'm going to show a little kindness. Maybe, maybe this week we show a little graciousness. I mean, somebody deserves to get ripped at, but you don't rip them. 
Somebody deserves to get yelled at, but you don't yell at them. You know, you know when you go and order your burger and you want it your way and you don't get it your way, instead of throwing it at the person and saying, I wanted it my way, you just say, hey, thanks, I'll enjoy it your way. <laughs> huh? See, the whole motto is, have it my way, not your way. You're going to get it the way they're going to give it to you. Just show a little graciousness. Maybe, maybe this week we'll look for an opportunity to be a witness. To be a witness. See, if we learn to live with an open eye, it'll change everything. It'll change everything. And in our fast-paced life, you know, sometimes we miss God-given opportunities. We were out yesterday on a blitz. And we're reaching our community, you know, we had these uh, kid fest invitations and, you know, just invitations to church and gospel tracks, and we were given a section to do. I was out with Quentin and Quincy yesterday, two fine young men, and we, were, we had a section of 90 homes in the subdivision. And I said, all right, you guys go down that way, and you go that way, and I'll go this way, and we'll meet back here when we're finished. And that's what we did. We all went in different directions, and I had my, I had my uh, invitations in hand, and I was determined. I was, Tyler told me, Pastor, don't come back until you reach every house on that street. I said, okay, I'm not coming back. But I noticed, Raji, as I was walking down the street doing my thing, there was a fellow walking down the street. With, with, he was pushing a little, little baby, in, not really, a Tyler in a, in, a, in a coach. And I thought to myself, well, there's an opportunity so I crossed the street. Here comes the father and his little daughter. I said, hey, good morning. How are you today? Let me give you one of these. I went through my spiel. And, and he stopped and talked to me for a while. Didn't lead him to the Lord, but I had a chance to give him that witness. Well, as he went down the road, I don't know if it was, I think it was maybe, maybe Quentin came down, met the same fella. And he tried to go through the spiel, and the fella said, the guy over there already went through it with me. But wouldn't it have been sad, Tyler? Wouldn't it have been terrible if I was so bent on getting every door that I missed the fellow walking down the street? That was a burning bush. That was a burning bush. Somebody out yesterday, burning bush, led somebody to the Lord Jesus Christ just yesterday out in the streets of our community. If we just learn to live with our eyes open, you'd be surprised the opportunities that God places in our path. And sometimes it's just to give a kind word, a pat on the back, buy somebody a cup of coffee. So then there, no, I think this, as you read on, you begin to see that Moses also had a tender heart. Uh, look, look at verse number three again. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And as God kind of calls out to him, Moses said to him, here am I. Now get this if you would. Moses, he wasn't out there just taking a stroll. No, the Bible tells us that he was tending sheep. It's a lot of work. Huh? We were in Israel a couple of years ago, uh, Don and I, and we were, at, we were, brother preacher, we were in the valley of Elah. You know, where David fought Goliath, and we were in that valley. And all of a sudden, man, we hear, we hear somebody yelling. And here comes this fella, just, kind of just dressed like an ordinary guy. He just had a pair of jeans on and, and uh, a sweatshirt. And he, but he had his hat, head all wrapped because it was kind of hot. And he had a big old stick. And as he's yelling, I see what he's yelling at. He's yelling at these sheep. He was a modern-day shepherd. 
you know? And man, it's amazing. But uh, those sheep, Ryan, those sheep were wandering away. And man, that dude started yelling. He'd yell it. Now, if I would have yelled, they'd have probably kept on wandering. But he yelled at them, and all of a sudden, man, you see those sheep turning back. You know why? My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and I give unto them eternal life. Sheep always hear the voice of their shepherd. <laughs> Amazing. All of a sudden, these sheep start coming back. Busy. I mean, this guy, you know, we stopped, took a picture, but as we're even talking with him, he's having to keep an eye on those sheep. So Moses wasn't out on a stroll. I'm making a point here. He wasn't out on a stroll. He was working. But as, now pay attention to this statement. As he was working, he kept his heart tender toward God. Amen. Did you get that? As he was doing what he was called to do, what he was hired to do, what he was summoned to do, as he was busy doing it, he still had an open ear, an open eye, an open ear, and a tender heart to God. And God calls out to him in that passage of Scripture. Moses could have said, man, I'm busy. I don't have time to turn aside. But he said, here am I. Here am I. And you know, many times along the road of life, God calls out to us, you know. And, and, he, and he has an opportunity of service for us, you know. And and, and there's burning bushes. You say, preacher, like what? Well, maybe at the market. You go to the market, you go to ShopRite or Acme or Aldi, Aldi, how do you say it? Aldi. Aldi. I always get in trouble for saying things the wrong way. I hate when you can pronounce words two different ways. I always use the other way. But look here, as you're at the market, do you ever, do you ever, do you ever find yourself, at, maybe you lend some assistance? Huh? That's a burning bush. That's a burning bush. Why? Because sometimes, man, somebody could be struggling, you know, they can't get the cart out of the thing, and they're wrestling with that thing, and this 95-year-old lady's going to have a heart attack. Excuse me, man, let me help you with that. Right there? See, you think, you think a burning bush is where you got to go to Egypt and let my people go. No, it might just be a little old lady who can't reach the rice on the third shelf. Oh, leave Sister Lillian alone, will ya? That's why she never has rice. Joe, you're always eating stuff from the... Huh? Are, are you getting my drift here this morning? You know, it's not, a burning bushes aren't always these big, significant, you know, pastor calls you up and says, Tony, prepare to preach next Sunday. Man, it's a burning bush. You know, pastor might call him and say, hey, I just found out Joe and Lillian Susser got a flat. Can you go by and help them with it? Maybe, uh, maybe at work, you, you go the extra mile. You know your boss, your supervisor, he's under the pressure, and you say to him, listen, I know you're going through it. I'll stick around a little extra and help you. Really? Really? It got quiet. Really? Maybe at home, you just spend that little extra time with the spouse or with the children, with the dog. Maybe at church, you take the time to greet that new visitor. Can I tell you something about new visitors? I look back, I've seen Mike and Maritz. Good to see you guys. Let me tell you something. So, you know what churches are good at? This is a lesson. Learn this. Church is really good at initial contact. 
First time visitor, Dave and, Dave and Shay, right? First time they came here. Hey, Dave, you, you, Dave, good to meet you. My name is Sal. Shay, nice to meet you. God bless you. Welcome to Open Bible. After they get the initial handshake, we forget all about Dave and Shay. Help me out here. And you know why people don't come back? Because nobody ever really welcomed them. Oh, we gave them a warm handshake. We gave them a big greeting. But you didn't come sit next to them with the open Bible. You didn't say, hey, next Sunday morning, if you come, would you join me in my Connect class? Or if you don't, I'll sit with you again. Hey, what are you doing this week? You want to get together, have a cup of coffee? Huh? You know what that is, right? That's, an old, that's, a, that's a burning bush. So when people come in, some folks will say, that's a burning bush. Huh? I noticed it. I'm going to just go over and... Hello? Wednesday night, we had a couple sat right here, and I don't see them this morning. Maybe I do. Is that you back over there? It is. Good to see you guys. Man. <laughs> Praise the Lord. They sat right over here Wednesday night, right? After service, because they came in a little bit late. After service, I was looking all over for you. Did you get raptured? What happened to you? <laughs> Man, I couldn't find them. And I asked about three or four different people. Hey, did you see this couple that sat right over here? Good-looking couple right there. Uh, I have no idea who you're talking about, Pastor. I was looking for you. Don't run out today. I want to meet you. First time here Wednesday night? Been here before? Good. When, I, when I've been here? I've never seen you before. You sit up in the balcony? That's what it is. Huh? So, yeah. are you with me? See, these, this is what I'm talking about, folks. I'm not saying, well, you got to go teach a Sunday school class or sing in the choir. you got to go drive a bus. you got to go. No, just look for opportunity. God just places barrier, a burning bush in your path. Just stop and look, and God will say, go say hi to that person. Go buy that person a cup of coffee. Go help that person. Get that rice off the third shelf for that individual. Are you with me? Amen. You know what that is? That's a tender heart. Amen. That's a tender heart. Because sometimes, boy, we fulfill our Sunday responsibilities and we think our Christianity is over. I've done my good deed for the week. I taught my class. I sang my song. I preached my message. I gave my tithe. And all week long, God is trying to make a difference in our world. And the only way he can do it, Bob, is mankind through mankind. And we're so wrapped up in our own little world. I'm on vacation. Look here. People die and go to hell when you're on vacation. People need help while you're on vacation. God's not saying take your vacation. No, just. Amen. And then one final thing, because I know you want to leave. Preacher, how can I turn aside? Open eye, tender heart, faith in God. Look at chapter number four. Chapter number four. And look at verse number 18. And Moses went and returned to Jethro, his, father, his father-in-law, and said unto him, Let me go, I pray thee, and return unto my brethren which are in Egypt, and see whether they be yet alive. And Jethro said uh, to Moses, Go in peace. Now, you know, he had been away from Egypt for a while. And in verse 19, it says, And the Lord said unto Moses and Midian, Go return unto Egypt, for all the men are dead which sought, my, sought thy life. And Moses took his wife and his sons, and set them upon an ass, and he returned to the land of Egypt, and Moses took the rod of God in his hand. Moses just obeyed God. He had faith in God. You know, after all was said and done, Moses went back to Egypt. Now, if you read the story, it's a tremendous story, Moses has this great feeling of inadequacy. 
You remember that? He says, so, I mean, there's dialogue here. It, it's interesting. You know, he says, Lord, man, how, I, 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 what happened? And so there's evidence that he had a speech impediment. I think he just got nervous. You know? Did you ever get called up to preach? And remember my first, my first message I ever preached, it was this. Here's the title of the message. Five things the devil didn't want you to do. I had about 13 different pages color-coded. First message I ever preached. It was a Wednesday night service. My pastor was out of town. And I thought, man, alive, this is probably going to be 45, 50 minutes. Man, I think I ought to cut it back. Well, I can cut it back as I'm preaching. I'm talking to myself. I got up, stood behind the pulpit. And these are people I went to church with every week, Wednesday night crowd. You know, I said, open up your Bible to uh, first, uh, first Peter chapter number 5. Never forget the text. And I said, I want to speak to you tonight about five things the devil doesn't want you to do. And I looked down at my notes and all, everything just bled together. I had red and green, and, yet, and now it's just like a rainbow. Thing I rained upon. And I looked up, and I stuttered a little bit, Will, and about 13 minutes later, I finished. <laughs> I went home, and I added a point to the message. Five things, six things the devil doesn't want me to preach. <laughs> Moses was feeling rather inadequate, but he went. He went, and I want to tell you this, in, in representing God, self-confidence is not a plus. It's not a plus. Huh? It's not within me to be gracious. It's not within me to be kind. It's not within me to be a witness. It doesn't have to be within you because he's supposed to be within you, and he's all of that and more. And all you have to do is just let him do it through you. Amen? Yeah. You know, the whole Christian life is based upon faith. We're saved by faith, we live by faith, and we're going to go home by faith. Isn't that right? If you're here this morning, you know for sure Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. You know by faith you're going home one day. Right? We had a great testimony service on Friday for Dwight Hartman, who went home to be with the Lord by faith. It was his faith in Christ. Not his good works, it was his faith in Christ. Isn't that right? Now, let me submit the, this to you, and, and then we'll finish. The whole Exodus scenario, pay attention right here. The whole Exodus, Israel from Egypt, my opinion, was dependent upon Moses getting into position. Take that in for a second. That was a pretty, pretty big situation, right? God's going to lead his people out of Egypt. And I'm going to tell you something, man. It's just what, it, wasn't, it wasn't a small congregation. There were scores of people, right? Pretty big deal. And based upon what I've studied out here, that whole thing was dependent upon Moses getting into position. Think about it. God had a job for Moses. Had not Moses stopped to see that bush and turn aside and say, here am I, open eye, tender heart. Huh? You mean to tell me they would still be? No, God would have had to use somebody else, but God's first choice was Moses. Moses. And you know, I'm not sure if you've ever seen it, but that's an intricate teaching of the Word of God. 
God has elected to help mankind through mankind, and sometimes he can't do what he wants to do until man gets into position. Can I prove it to you? Because I know you're doubting. Genesis chapter number 2, flip that if you would. Genesis chapter number 2, verse 4 and 5. Look at the screen, read it with me. These are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created, in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Now look at verse 5. Every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. Did you see that? Now, now let, me, let, me, let me highlight a few things. God did not let it rain on the earth. Uh, the seed was ready to be planted. The plants were ordained to grow. I'm not a farmer, but I have planted a few things, and here's what I, I kind of pick up. In order for seed to grow, it needs some things. It needs water. It needs sun. So the seed was ready to be planted. They, the plants were ordained to grow, but God didn't let it rain. Why? Because verse 5 says, he didn't have a man in position yet to till the ground. Think about that. There's a lot that God wants to do, but he can't do until somebody steps up and says, I'm in. Oh. Why, you think just because Pastor Yanizzi came to Open Bible Church, things are going to change? You're wrong. You're wrong. Oh, God will use me as a catalyst, but you're going to have to step up and get in position. Huh? I mean, you say, preacher, man, we need to get more kids in our Sunday school classes. Sure, but we need more teachers before, the God, before God will give us kids. Man, Pastor, we want, to, we want to start bus routes, but we need drivers and workers before we can start a bus route. Man, Pastor, we like to do, yeah, I'm all for it. I think it too. But somebody's got to get in position. Oh, you missed that. You missed that. That's just the way it is. That's an intricate truth in the Word of God. God did not let it rain because there was no man in position to take care of the field. Because if it would have rained, guess what would have happened? Everything was going to grow. Well, who's going to take care of it? Did you ever think about that? <laughs> See, God's waiting for man to get in position before he let it rain. And I think this, we need to get into position for a blessing. Yeah. Now, there was water on the earth, right? But you know what happened? The Bible tells us this, there was a mist. A mist. But a mist is a whole lot different than a downpour. And you know what we've settled for here? Ty, you know what we've settled for? The church has settled for a mist instead of the rain. And that's why the church of God, the church of Christ, the New Testament church today is struggling because we've settled for mist and God wants to give us rain. But the reason he can't give us rain is because we don't have people in position. You've got to get in position for the blessing. Get yourself in position. Go ahead, flip that side slide. Get yourself in position 
for blessing. I'll tell you why. Listen carefully. Everything that God wants to do hinges upon you and I turning aside, upon you and I getting to that place where he wants us to be. Are you with me? Just stop and let what you see affect your life. And if you will, if you do, I promise you, I promise you, it'll help you to make a difference. Amen? Let's pray together. Our heads are bowed. Many of us would testify and say, Preacher, I remember that burning bush when I got saved. God placed somebody in my life. They witnessed to me, and everything has been different. It's been different. Oh, there's been some rough times, some difficult days, but it's been different since the day I got saved. Maybe you're here today and you say, Preacher, I've yet to accept Christ as my Savior. And I'm going to say this. Let, this. let this service today be your burning bush. Just, just stop and take a look. And I promise you, God will call out to you. And he'll tell you how much he loves you. He'll show you how Jesus Christ, his only begotten son, died on the cross for you. And he'll invite you to take up the joys of eternal life. He'll invite you into his family. Be saved. And if you're a child of God, I would pray for you today and ask for God to just show you in your life an area where you just need to get in position for a blessing. It's a wonderful thing when God uses you. There's no greater blessing in the world than to sense the feeling of being used by God. Help somebody, encourage somebody, lead somebody to the Lord. Nothing like it. But you got to be in position. With our heads bowed, no one looking about. I wonder if there's someone here this morning that might say, Preacher, would you pray for me? If I were to die today, I'm just not sure that I would go to heaven. Would you pray for me? I don't want to embarrass you, I promise you, but I would like to pray for you. Yes, indeed, I see your hand in the back there. God bless you. Pastor, pray for me. Yes, yes, I see your hand. God bless you. Pastor, pray for me. If I were to die today, I'm just not sure I'd go to heaven. Pastor, yes, God bless you. I see your hand. Is there another? Pastor, pray for me. I need to get this settled once and for all. I want to know for sure that heaven is my home, that when I die, whenever that may be, I can get, get to go there. It's all because of Christ, all because of Calvary. It's all because Jesus took your place on the cross. He died your death. He wants to give you his life. Someone else? Pastor, yes, pray for me. Someone else? I wonder how many of God's kids would say this morning, Preacher, I'm going to pray and ask God to help me to live with my eyes wide open, my heart real tender, and, and just a willingness to have faith to do what he asked me to do. I want to be in a position for God to use me. Is that your testimony this morning? Would you raise your hand just waving around? Yes, indeed. I want to be in a position where God can use me. Many hands are raised. Yes, wonderful. Father in heaven, we love you. We thank you for loving us and ask your blessing now to be upon every decision that has been made. Lord, there's been a few folk who have raised their hand indicating that they just need some assurance when it comes to salvation. And so this morning we pray for them and maybe you'll allow us to assist them and encourage them before they leave out of here today. And for others, Lord, many of us who are already saved now, we just want to be in a position of blessing. We want you to use us. We want to live our life with our eyes open and, and with our heart tender and with a willingness to do what you invite us to do. 
God, may that be our testimony today. And may you seal decisions today, for we pray in Jesus' name, and amen. Let's stand together. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you can give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.